hitting the big time this week with a special listener's offer. Welcome to Hand of Pop. gentlemen, boys and girls, to the internet's best and worst weekly Argentine football podcast. I'm Sam Kelly and I'm joined, as usual, by Andres Bruckner. Hello, how are you? Very well, Andres, how are you? Fine, thanks. Excellent. Did you enjoy the River game at the weekend? Uh, yes, of course. I didn't. Uh, that's because no, there wasn't one. There's a bit of an in-joke there between us. Uh, which regular listeners will be aware of, or anybody who was paying attention last week, to be honest, even if you're not regular, um, because Atletico Tucumán versus River Plate wasn't played due to... Uh, we said last week it was due to Atletico Tucumán playing on Thursday and River playing on Tuesday in the Libertadores. It was actually due to Atletico Tucumán playing on Thursday and Atletico Tucumán playing on Tuesday. Um, River don't, didn't have Libertadores last week and don't have Libertadores this week, which... No, it's strange. next one. It's not this one. But there we go. Next one at this time, I think. Yes, yeah, yes, you're right. It's, it's uh, next Wednesday night, yeah. Um, the introduction was a little bit cryptic, perhaps, but if you keep listening at some point um, in this week's episode, I will be giving you a secret code to enter, um, which will get you. Uh, hang on a second while I just check the make sure of the details here um, on my email. It will get you a 10% discount on tickets to an event at the London Festival of Football Writing uh, later this month. I can't remember the exact date, but I'll give you, I'll give you the full details later. Um, in which Jonathan Wilson and friend of Hand of Pod and regular listener, so hello Ed, Ed Malian, uh, the editor of Independent Sport, will be discussing Jonathan's new book, Angels with Dirty Faces, The Footballing History of Argentina, which, of course, we uh, had a chat about with John on here a few weeks ago. Um, so if you keep listening, then at some point in the episode I will give you that code. I don't want to give it to you right now because I want it to actually go to people who do listen rather than yeah. just people who've seen us mentioning it on Twitter and decide to tune in for the first two minutes in the hope that they can get it. Uh, so unfortunately for you, if, if you are one of those people, you will have to listen through the episode and, and pay attention. Um, anyway, let's go through the results from the last weekend in Argentine football, as we already mentioned, without Atletico Tucumán versus River. They were as follows. Quilmes got a 1-0 win at home to Tacheres. Something of a surprise there yes. on Friday night before Independiente once again failed to win at home, but did keep up their quite impressive recent unbeaten run with a 2-2 draw against Estudiantes on Saturday uh, Newell's kept up the pressure at the top with a 1-0 win over Huracan Ignacio Coco got the only goal of the game um, Juan Mercier scored a very rare goal for San Lorenzo as they also got a 1-0 away win this one was over Gimnasia uh, Colón 
who have been very tight at the back and not necessarily um, particularly free-flowing going forward, but effective, if nothing else, um, cut loose for a change and got a 4-0 win away to Sarmiento. Um, seven, sorry, seven victories in a row. It's oh, is it? Oh, wow. That's um, Is that the, the outright club record now? Or did they equal the club record? I don't I remember. remember they equaled it this week or last week. Yes, uh, I think it's history. Yeah. Um, Banfield uh, kept up um, the Saturday trend of, of away victories with a 1-0 win over Tigre before Tempele upset it by beating Racing 3-0 at home. Um, two goals from Gevgeosian. Very difficult. It's a Greek so. uh, origin for uh, that surname, I think. Uh, or no, uh, Ar- Armenia, sorry. Yes. But, yeah, sounds Armenian. Yes. That's right. Um and a nil-nil draw to finish Saturday's action off between Union and Patronato de Parana. On Sunday, we began with a nil-nil draw in the Clásico del Cucho between Godoy Cruz and San Martín de San Juan. There was then a 2-0 win at home for Rosario Central against Aldo Sibi. A 3-0 win at home for Boca Juniors versus Arsenal de Sarandí. A 2-1 win away for Atlético de Rafaela against Olimpo. Um, and then on Tuesday, because uh, there's no football on, on Labor Day, uh, International Workers' Day here in Argentina, so the, the normal Monday night games will move to Tuesday. Um, and those finished Belgrano de Córdoba nil, Defensa Justicia 1, which was played in the Mario Kempes, but it was um, behind closed doors, as I think Belgrano's games are going to be. Is it for the rest of the year or the rest of the season? I don't know, but I, yeah. I, it was said that it, even they, they could uh, play in other province, not in Cordoba. But yeah, but they decided not to go for that in the end. I think they've, they've got them behind uh, closed doors for a good while. We'll look yes. it up properly in a little while. Yeah, but just don't know when the, the time in which they will have to play uh, mm. with no public, no supporters. Indeed. Um, and then also on Tuesday, uh, Lanús got a 2-0 win over Belis Sarsfield. Uh, there were some results on Tuesday night in the Copa Libertadores, but we'll go over those a little bit later. We'll do the league first. Um, so, big five rundown. Did you catch any of, uh, of these games, Andres, over the weekend? Yes, mostly well, Boca, that, that as, as uh, we <coughs> anticipated uh, last episode, was had a free, uh, a very... Easy victory against Arsenal, or who, uh, which apart from being usually crap, uh, this time was particularly even even be- worse than usual. Mm. So it, they made Boca easy, easy, things very easy, and they of course took advantage of, the, of this, taking into account that News had already won their their match against Huracan, and until the match that match was played, they were joint up Boca News. So they had to win uh, in this this time to be to secure their uh, absolute to be absolute leaders uh, at least for one more, more week. Even with the draw, they that they will have that for sure. But uh, uh, yes, winning was the best thing for them, and it was very very easy. Indeed, yeah. Uh, Dario Benedetto scored, scored twice two. for Boca. Uh, Top goal scorer right now. Really early, right? Yes. Yeah, four minutes four. in. Um, and then the youngster Gonzalo Maroni um, scored a very nicely controlled uh, volleyed yes. finish which caused everybody on Twitter to spend the last um, half hour of the game going on about what an amazing match he'd had and I didn't really think he had to be. That was a perfect was match for him. It was a very nice goal but other than that it was pretty quiet. If, if there was a, a, a match for Maroni 
to, to, to make the, their not their official his official debut because he had already played yeah uh, once in last year I don't remember the match. I, th okay. I think it was against the Sudiantes. it was sometime in April last year but it was his debut as, as the as to be in the lineup at the, from the beginning yeah um, and it, this was the match to do it because I think Guillermo uh, Barrasocrato was smart to include him in this match because it was a match to be yes uh, to perhaps uh, take all all the, the the skills he had because uh, Arsenal was no resistance Mm. And yes, uh, Maroni and Benedetto that now are is the top goal scorer since Juicy, who was the the, the top, top goal scorer since uh, up to the last match. Well, they didn't play, so uh, that means that 14 goals and he's the top goal scorer right now. He is, yeah, he's overtaken uh, as as uh, you say, Juicy. Uh, Benedetto has 14, Juicy has 13, uh, with. A game in hand, if that makes sense. Um, cause, as you say, River haven't played yet. Um, they're both some way clear. Jose Sam, there's a two two goal gap down to him on eleven. Um, so for the moment, it's a battle between those two. Um, and yeah, I mean, as, as you say, Maroni, if you can play the, the the kids against any team at the moment, it's against Arsenal. I, we obviously knew that Arsenal were awful. I didn't realise that their defence was so much worse than everyone else's. They've conceded forty two goals in 22 games the, the second worst or the joint second worst defence in the league um, is between Tigre and Quilmes who both conceded 33 so nine fewer yes um, after winning against Huracan uh, Chunil and even and, and as, as a away condition which is perhaps harder mm. uh, we thought or I thought well perhaps this, this is something to take into account for Arsenal that they are perhaps coming to a team or they are going to be a team but no, no. Uh, absolutely no not and uh, well Humberto Grondona the former and the 20 national team coach now Arsenal coach uh, was very angry and he didn't doubt uh, when he had to criticize the players saying that uh, he will include now well, of course he should have uh, done this before but that the, he will put players that they, they will de that demonstrate that they are really committed with the team and they want to play because the other day they showed that they well uh, it didn't look like they were uh, uh, menaced by the relegation average no uh, it, it did not they, I mean they played like a Sunday league team basically um, they are still I think they're just a, still just about heads above water. Oh no, they're not. They've, they've dropped down into the relegation. Of course they have, because Tempele um, beat Racing, um, and Kilmes got that surprise win over. Oh, remind me who it was um, over Tacheres, which means that yeah, now Arsenal are very much in the relegation battle. Um, and, I haven't tweaked that. Yes, and, and if you, of course, we will play. We will play. We will discuss about uh, Racing yeah, and Tempele Racing match later. But if you. Uh, compare how Temple and how Arsenal played. Mm. Yes, Temple. Yeah. Of course, they they have won two uh, matches, which is for a, a team that has been relegation zone is is perhaps good. Uh, the way they played uh, was completely different. Uh, Temple playing well, well, very well football, and Arsenal well being the crap we we already uh, said. Absolutely, yeah. Arsenal have got a big few games coming up in the relegation battle because their next match uh, in fact they're both at home 
um, this weekend against against Olimpo, um, who are also obviously down there. Olimpo are just above us. And in fact, they're one point. They, they've both played the same number of matches um, in the relegation table, and uh, they're only one point above, also in the relegation zone. Um, and Arsenal then in the following week, which is the classical week, um, they have their... Uh, I think we have to put it in inverted commas, don't we? They're classical um, against Tempele at home. That's going to be a big one. I mean, it's not a classical, uh, but it might very well feel like one purely because of the, the situation. Tempele at present are just above the relegation zone. Um, they haven't played as many games because they weren't in the Premier, of course, in 2014, uh, which means that they've got 68 matches so far on um, on the board, whereas Olimpo Arsenal and Atletico de Rafaela have all got 87. Um, but that one is going to be a big relegation clash and potentially not a particularly impressive good one quality-wise, at least from Arsenal's point of view. But we'll yes. see. Um, but they really have to get wins in those because after that they have a visit to Union who, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, have had a fairly strong home record this season even if they haven't been that good away. Um, then they host Lanús then they've got a trip to Belgrano, who admittedly are almost as crap as Arsenal this term, and then they finish off with Godoy Cruz, Quilmes, Tigre, none of whom are sort of well-beatingly good, but all of whom have been considerably better than Arsenal have. Um, Tempele, meanwhile, just to put it into perspective, have obviously got River uh, this coming weekend away, followed by a trip to Arsenal in that Clásico of um, the, the, the relegation zone. And then they finish with Colón, Banfield, Tacheres, San Martín, Defensivo, Justicia, Vélez. It's also teams who are there and thereabouts, but for Tempele that looks a bit less daunting um, than a very similar fixture list does for Arsenal, really. Um, so, yeah, they're in trouble very much. Yes. Um, Boca, meanwhile, as, as you say, remain three points clear after uh, Newell's um, won the day before to, to keep the pressure up. The Newell's game was sort of well it was all right dull, dull match though, not very it's not very good yes Newell's wasn't the, the well the, the, the Diego Sela has been uh, put it like a, a a nickname like his well defensive uh, like the, the like the characteristics of his teams are, are defensive and in this case Newell's I think the, the in this case in this match, it was like that. Perhaps didn't have many chances, and they took advantage of a, a shot by 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 Skoko that was deflected. Not it wasn't straight to the goal, and uh, that was perhaps the more the most clear opportunity. And they they of course uh, uh, made it with the goal. But uh, I think in this case, as we perhaps have been criticizing Boca, the Boca. Performance in the some of the last uh, matches. In this case, Newell's was poor uh, in the way they played hmm. uh, against Aldo I, I was impressed by some of the goals they scored, especially the Maxi Rodriguez one. Uh, I think they are like like Boca, a team that t- takes advantage of plays, different plays that they perhaps scores scores a goal and they then they go uh, to their side and try to to. Get a counter attack, yeah, um, as, as a main perhaps uh, way of playing, but uh, it was not very good, and they had I think I think they had luck there with that uh, Skoko goal. Absolutely, yeah. We, we've mentioned sort of several times this season Colón's um, impressive defensive record, 
um, which has really surprised everybody. Um, so it's worth pointing out that, that Newells actually have a better defensive record than Colon. Newells are the best, um, have the best defence in, in the division. They've only conceded 13 goals um, in 22 games. So, I mean, just talked about how awful Arsenal's defence is. Newells, Newells is, um, is very, very good indeed. Colon have, have conceded 15, to put that into perspective. Um, and it does mean, obviously, that, you know, that, as you say, Newells played very poorly against Orakan, particularly when you take into account the fact that Orakan really aren't that good a team. Um, but it means that when Newells do score a goal, they're very, very likely to win the game. Yes. Um, simple as that. I mean, they've got... Uh, let's have a look. I'm trying to work out how many clean sheets they've had in the last few games at the moment, so I'm trying to bring the fixtures up. Oh, wow, five clean sheets in a row. Um which, you know, says it all, really. Um, so it's no change at the top, or at least no change at the very, very top. Um, there has been a bit of a change just underneath that, because Colón, uh, as Andres says, get their seventh win in a row, did you say it was? One, two, yes. three, four, bloody hell, yeah. Um, 4-1 away to Sarmiento, the first time all season that Colón have won by more than two goals. Um for a, as I said, either equaling the club record or breaking the club record um, of consecutive wins. I think they broke it. I think the previous club record was six, or possibly five. They might have equal have, have broken it the previous week, could which be. could yes. be why I remembered it. But anyway, yeah. Um, they're now third. They've sort of... We've been praising them, but I have to be honest, I didn't realise that they could have gone third um, with a win last week. Uh, they've been helped obviously by, by Estudiantes dropping points away to Independiente on Friday night so Estudiantes dropped two points Colón um, got maximum points and that means that now Colón are two points clear of Estudiantes um, but yeah it's been a very impressive run for them and it, I mean it could continue they've got Atletico Tucumán next but then they're at home to Unión away to Tempele at home to Gimnasia away to Central who aren't in great form this season so they have a few games where it wouldn't be entirely surprising. I mean, Atletico Tucumán will be tricky. But apart from that, those those three games after that, you can see them, especially in the form at the moment and with the defence at the moment, picking up maximum points from those. They've then got a, a somewhat trickier uh, run-in of San Lorenzo Racing at River in their last three matches. Um, but at the moment, don't put it past Colón to get, you know, I mean, second, third and fourth, they're going to go into next year's Libertadores group yeah, stage. They took advantage. They, they are, of course, they, they are confident uh, and they took advantage of, of Sarmiento, which defense was just awful. Uh, I don't, I don't, just I don't, I just don't, don't get how they uh, achieved to, to, to get a draw from the Monumental for, uh, against River. And that it wasn't uh, the last round uh, against River, but I remember that they couldn't win this the following match, uh, which I don't remember. Colón, uh, sorry. No, I mean Sarmiento because Sorry, they they yeah, they they of course got considered four goals after uh, getting a very 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 important draw against River and I don't remember whether it was last match or after River yeah Sarmiento was another uh, the Sarmiento's yeah their their, yes. their result previous to that four one uh, four nil defeat to Colón was the one one away in ah. Monumental. Well, Prior to that, they've lost two one away to sorry two one at home to Racing. Yeah, that that proves that sometimes they they spend a lot of energy trying to get at least one point against a, a big 
uh, a big rival like like River, and then after that match, it's like they get unplugged and and their energy is out because uh, I don't I just don't get how they managed that and they didn't play so 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 bad. They played well against River, and now their defense. I I I don't know what the third goal that uh, a, a Colon player uh, just uh, uh, released a, a, a cross. And it it uh, it uh, bounced in the in the bar and Chiarini the, the the goalkeeper just uh, got the ball uh, with one hand and then the, in the following play there was that uh, I don't what well, I don't remember mostly anything but the player that scored the goal was alone with no Sarmiento defender there they stayed like a like a statue like uh, uh, standing and not uh, getting trying to get the ball uh, after the the ball bounced into in the in the bar mm. i think that was the third the third goal from colon so that's incredible just i i was like wow how come they they are for they are also like arsenal fighting not to be relegated and and with things like that it will be very very difficult yeah well yeah in fact they're now down to precisely one point per game um which uh, is normally the mark of, of some pretty bad teams. By the way, while we've been while Andres was talking just now, the full time whistle has gone in Banfield's sixteenth um, subfinal match in the Copa Argentina. Um, they have beaten Chaco forever one nil with with a Cecchini goal. That that's a player that has been mentioned. Like he could yeah. lead you abroad. I think he's. Very, very good. He's been mentioned by a couple of our listeners, actually, in in, um, in questions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Sarmiento are now down to exactly one point per game, 68 points from 68 games in the relegation battle, um, meaning that only Atletico de Rafaela are below them, and Atletico de Rafaela could draw level with them um, in the next match because uh, Atletico de Rafaela got a very surprising win. It's, it might be the first... No, it's not their first one of the season. It's about their fifth of the season. But it feels like it could be their first of the season. Um, that win away to Olimpo means that now, if Atletico de Rafaela win their next match, they will go on to 87 points from 87 games. Are they going to win their next match? Probably not, let's be honest. Um, I tried to find out where are they. There they oh, they're no, right down at the bottom. Um, we're going to try and load their, their fixture. I don't know who they're playing this weekend. They are at home to Union. Ooh. With, with Union's away record they might get the win the Santa Fe the Santa Fe Clásico in this case <laughs> has more to do with the Clásico because both, both are from the same province indeed yeah um, so yeah uh, we've mentioned Boca I'm trying to think uh, big five round up now uh, Independiente did you catch Independiente on Friday night not so much nor did I uh, I was at the pub so but it was uh, no surprise they, they because they they are like Deportivo Empate, like we say here, when a team gets a uh, lots of of draws, uh, as they have been uh, getting uh, the the last matches. Yeah, with, particularly with at home, um, yes. their style has improved since the turn of the year, as we mentioned. Um, in fact, they're still unbeaten under Ariel Olan, um, but they've got four draws and three wins rather than more wins than draws, which I'm sure is is what they would want. And all of their home games have been draws. 0-0 against San Martin in the first match back, which of course was the second round of matches back because the um, the Tacheres game got delayed due to the state of the pitch. 1-1 at home to Belles. 
Uh, one one at home to Atletico de Rafaela, who we've just mentioned are crap, and yet they couldn't beat them. Um, and now two two at home to Estudiantes, who are at least like a higher caliber of opponent. So at least a two two draw against Estudiantes, taken in isolation, you'd sort of go, well, yeah, okay, that's a decent result for a team who, as Independiente, are at, at ninth. Um, so you know, a position that would be mid table if if this were a proper um, twenty team. 18 team, 22 team, top flight. Um, it, you know, a 2 2 draw at home to the team who go into that match third in the table isn't a bad result at all. And yet it feels like one purely because of the fact um, that it's getting very frustrating now, I imagine, for Independiente fans not seeing their team win. Um, they have won three out of three away 5 0 against Patronato, 2 0 against Tacheres, 2 0 against Arsenal. And the next two games coming up are away from home. Newell's this weekend and Defensi Justicia the weekend after that. Um, oh, sorry, no, that's not going to be the weekend after that, is it? That's going to be midweek because that's the um, delayed match from a couple of weeks ago when there was... Were there big storms that week or something for that one to get called off? I think there were. Yes. Um, so the next two games are away. But obviously not even travelling fans can enjoy seeing their team win away from home these days because there are no travelling fans so you know no Independiente fan has been in the stadium unless they smuggled themselves in wearing the home team shirt and haven't been able to actually enjoy the game um, to see their team win yet under Ariel Olan yes but what I could catch of the game was the a very very badly disallowed goal from from Higliotti that uh, it was a, a given a foul that mm-hmm. uh, apparently he he committed, but I think it wasn't. Or at least he put he put his his arm just softly into the uh, on the on the back of of a, of a defender of a defender of a Estudiantes Foyt. I think I think it was the under twenty national team defender. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't a foul uh, properly, but the referee awarded it uh, and disallowed the goal. That for Hiloti is like very very necessary. Uh, and I, I could see also I could watch a penalty converted or scored by Ezequiel, no, Ezequiel, no, uh, Barco uh, now I forgot the name yes, it was Ezequiel Barco Ezequiel Barco, yes uh, whose name has uh, been involved in another in, a, in another polemic but I think we will discuss about it later yeah. but yes uh, it was uh, I think a good or bad draw depending how you can See that independent and the students now will face Boca. It's uh, perhaps their last chance to get the train to the to fight for the title. Yeah, it it, it could well be. Uh, I was trying to look up whether Barco had scored in either of the previous two games. He's not. It's his second goal for Independiente. Um, I can't remember who he previously scored against though. So sorry. Um, Moving along the big five, then the next to play at the weekend after Independiente were Racing, who got, as we've already mentioned, thrashed by Tempele. Those two goals from Gebrosian, or whatever his name is, yes. um, as well as one from Di Lorenzo. Yes, what's his first name? Leonardo. No, it's not. Is it? It's the other one. We had this conversation last week. Leonardo Di Placido. No, no, but he's... Le- oh, it is Leonardo. They've got him down as GD Lorenzo here yes. in the scoring. But, but yeah, you're quite right. Sorry. Yes, I was getting confused by that. Sorry, Andres. Okay. You were right. Um, I don't have much to say about that one. Tiki Lorenzo. I didn't catch much of it. 
I could oh, catch no. uh, I parts of it and it was. I was the Anthony Joshua fight instead yeah. by m- one of my mates who came around. So. Just Temple played like they weren't in the position they are. Mm. Uh, Talking about the relegation table, uh, they played very, very well, very confident, very like loose, uh, not having any complex in, in trying to t- touch the ball. And in this case, Racing was like useless. They couldn't yeah. uh, face a, a Temple and it was something that I think in this case Coca resumed very clearly. Uh, like they are a team that they must score three goals, they rushing yeah. to win because they, lately they have been cons- they have been conceding a lot of goals, yeah. even even winning because three two against Kilmes, four three against Atletico Tucumán, um, then uh, well the last one remember but, but the, the last one was the four three against Atletico ah, Tucumán. Yes. Uh, in between those those two results that you just mentioned, there was a two one win over Sarmiento and a four one win. Um, or obviously the last hour of a 4-1 win, a 3-0, um, that last hour session um, against Tigre. That was the game that got um, rained off about 24 minutes in uh, previously. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it brings to an end. Rassingham won five in a row. Hadn't kept a single clean sheet in all that time. But it's also, you know, obviously winning five in a row means they haven't failed to score for five matches. Um, so not only... A good and a surprisingly good performance from Temple and a good win, but was, also a very impressive clean sheet. I mean, if it just finished nil nil, it'd have been impressive. Yes, and Racing was no uh, had no chance to. Well, they had chances. They both had a, a, a one in the that hit the bar and another one. I think the the goalkeeper saved. But uh, I think it was as clear as, for example, and the same result like Boca defeat Arsenal. It's the same distance between one team and the other not only the in the result but also in the in the in the game itself the the, the performance uh, it was just impressive because an answer I, I said that Racing will defeat Temple in the in the mm-hmm. previews and I didn't expect uh, Temple to play like that because against San Lorenzo uh, they, but they also won they they weren't as as good and as this no uh, no, indeed. Um, other than that, that is our roundup in the big. F- oh no, it's not because we haven't mentioned San Lorenzo. Um, San Lorenzo were largely second-string side away to uh, Gimnasia. Obviously, they have one eye on Copa Libertadores action. They were in action on Tuesday night. Um, no, they're not. Sorry, they're in action right now. Uh, not right now. In about an hour's time. What am I talking about Tuesday night? Sorry, there, there were too many games last night. Perhaps because the there was a Monday, Monday that was a holiday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which meant that they had two league games plus uh, two Copa Libertadores games with the Argentine clubs last night, was it? Yes, yes. Atletico Tucumán and, and Estudiantes, like you said before. Which we'll talk about later, so I'm getting confused yeah. about who played <laughs> when. Uh, San Lorenzo are in Copa Libertadores action just after we finish recording this podcast. Um, which means that they obviously put out a second string side or a sort of mixed side. Um... No, it's very much second string, actually, now I'm looking at it. The, the defence isn't far off full strength, but uh, going forward, it, it's very um, mixed indeed. Um, away to Gimnasia, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, Juan Mercier was the man who popped up with a very rare goal, the defensive midfielder, um, to to settle that one. I didn't catch any of it, really. but Not very much, but uh, what is clear in this case is, well, yes, rare goal because it was not very usual 
to see Marcel scoring and the way that he scored it was a very very nice play uh, with the up back hill from Vargesio mm-hmm. uh, allowing Marcel to get into the box and, and just score as if he were a striker Oh, with well. several several players that aren't haven't been taken into account, hadn't been taken into account in the past or mm. the last matches, like him, Marcier Vergesio that perhaps enters into the matches but yeah. not, with not very not a lot of minutes, uh, Corujo, then Romagnoli well, entered into it. See, this is interesting looking at the lineup. As I say, I didn't really catch the game at all, but Matias Corujo has in fact been, been playing you know a fair bit for San Lorenzo, but more at fullback. Whereas here, from the look of this, he was playing yes, but on the wing. It hadn't been um, very, very much space in the no. team. In the, uh, perhaps entering some minutes, but not as an as a, in the in the it's lineup. Mostly Diaz at right back, and yes. um, and and the other guy at left back, hasn't it? Actually, yeah, you're right. Uh, has come in when one of them's injured or suspended. Um, and yeah, second Avila as well. Avila, who's a key that has been uh, uh, taking some minutes, but. Just like any kid, uh, going uh, uh, some minutes in a match, some minutes in an, in another matches, not uh, uh, still not being in the stable in the in the team. Uh, but what we know is that uh, in that match was there were some players that, as far as I heard, they w- they won't uh, be uh, as from beyond June like. Like him, like Mercier, mm-hmm. like Ber- uh, Ortigosa, and Rom- well, Romagnoli. That uh, even in a match like this, with normal substitutes, that players that normally are the substitutes and now played in the team from the beginning, even in that match he entered, but some minutes, not a not a lot of minutes. Uh, that means that he won't be his contract won't be renewed. The same like Ortigosa and Marcier, so there will be three heavy players or players with experience that won't be there anymore. In, in Ortigosa's case, literally a heavy player. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I'm just looking down San Lorenzo's um, official Twitter as you were talking, and I'm trying to see whether we have a lineup yet for um, the, the Libertadores game, because it's kicking off in 50 minutes, and they've not tweeted a starting 11 yet. The reason I was looking um, was that as of last night, Ezequiel Cerruti was a doubt on the right wing. And if he doesn't make it, he was going to be replaced by this kid who I've caught bits and pieces of, and I was wondering what you thought of him, uh, Ruben Botta, who I think quite lively. Don't he have started, parts to play, though, really? Started not very well, but now he, he has levelled a bit up. Mm. Uh, he has, uh, his level has been increased a bit, and... Yeah, good option. I think the last option that Salonso has this case is in, is real because uh, uh, with the win they had against the uh, uh, Universidad Católica, they got a bit of error, but not uh, a lot. No, now they have to complete it with. It must win. win tonight. Uh, Atlético Paranaense, who are the hosts, and who uh, uh, some listeners might remember, got a one-nil win away to San Lorenzo when these sides met earlier in the group. Um, Atletico Paranaense will qualify for the knockout stage if they win and I think San Lorenzo might very well be out oh no it's going to depend on the results of the other uh, match in the group in fact between Universidad Católica and Flamengo Flamengo thank you I remember it was another Brazilian team I couldn't remember which one Um, because that group is is very very tight but depending on the other result San Lorenzo could go out tonight Um, 
or if they get really lucky, I think they could top the group at the end of the night as well. well. We'll go through that properly when we do our Libertadores roundup a little later. Um, okay, now we have covered all of the big five because, as we already mentioned a couple of times, River didn't play at the weekend. Um, so, other results from elsewhere in in the um, in the weekend in the league. I mean, we sort of mentioned all the main ones in passing already because we've mentioned that Colón won and therefore joined the title race. We mentioned the Estudiantes dropping points. Um, We've mentioned I mean, Central winning feels like we should talk more about it, but in fact, they're some way off the pace this term. They, they've not been anywhere near as good as in the last couple of seasons. They're 10th, in fact. Um, so they, that doesn't sort of matter much at all. Racing's defeat, I guess, means that really Racing are almost certainly out of the title race now. They're nine points behind Boca um, with seven games to go. Is that 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, eight games to go? Um, still, but they have to play Racing uh, Independiente. Yeah, yes, they do. They've got to play. Sorry, yeah, uh, that was you were prompting me rather than asking me there, weren't you? Um, <laughs> we uh, Racing, we. What do I say? We, we, we have the following fixture list for Racing um, on our screen at the moment. Um, they're at home to Gimnasia this coming weekend, then away to Independiente in the Clásico de Avellaneda on Clásico weekend. And then they've got a visit to Rosario Central. Then they're at home two in a row, San Lorenzo and Aldo Civi. And then they finish off away to River, at home to Colón, away to Banfield. So those are not really three uh, fixtures that you'd necessarily want for your run-in if you were hoping for the title, are they? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, River... Actually, you would expect, given the way that River have been going so far, that by that point, River are going to be very comfortably qualified for the Libertadores. In fact, by that point, I'm sure the group stage will be over anyway. Um, so you wouldn't really expect um, River to, to have too many distractions there, and playing them in the Monumental in their current form is going to be tricky. Colón simply aren't going to concede a goal, so it's going to be hard to beat them. And then away to Banfield. Well, Banfield are pretty strong at home. They, they've, they've, of course, given a few teams bloody noses so far. Um so yeah, I, I think Racing are probably out of the title race, I have to say. Um, even even before this next couple of games, it's, it's difficult, just given the run-in, to see them getting much. Um, yes, because they, they, they have been uh, winning some matches with a high-scoring uh, sheet, but then with this defeat, it's like they proved that they are a team very unstable that uh, perhaps if, if, if Bo is not inspired they suffer and well yeah uh, yeah yeah or Lautaro Martinez or in this case yes uh, Bo uh, Martinez have been scoring a lot and, and that helped Racing to get victories that otherwise would have been draws or defeats because of that goals that Coca said that they must score a lot of goals to, to uh, warranty a victory well, in this case, it wasn't, uh, and they, they suffered in defence. Hmm. Indeed. Um, the other result that, that we should sort of mention, I guess, at least for a little bit, because it's a Clásico. Uh, it's a very young Clásico. It's a Clásico that not many people outside the region realise is a Clásico. Um, I think if you said it to most porteños, they'd probably go, Really? God, like Cruz and San Martín, that, that's a derby? They're in different provinces. Um, but it is the, the Cusho... Uh, the Clásico del Cusho, or to translate it into English and to explain what the Cusho is as well at the same time, it's the, the wine region Clásico. 
um, between uh, Godoy Cruz of Mendoza province, which is where the lovely Malbec that some of you will drink. It's um, a nice province to visit if you want. It's wonderful, yes. It's yes. Mendoza City's uh, a good place to base yourself, and it's got lots of very nice things to do um, in and around it, as uh, Mark Lawrenson would say. Um, and San Juan, which is much less touristy, in fact, I've never been there. Um, but that's where San Martín are from, and if you like drinking Syrah, or uh, which is Argentina's version of Shiraz, it's the same thing, believe it or not. I only found that out a few months ago. Syrah is uh, Argentinian for what the rest of the world calls, shir- calls Shiraz. Um, that's, that's where, traditionally at least, San Juan province is, is where uh, Syrah comes from. Mendoza, Malbec, San Juan, Syrah, that's how you remember it, because they begin with the same letters. Anyway... Uh, what I just told you about the wine and what Andres just mentioned about the tourism in Mendoza is considerably more interesting than that match was. I say this because I came home Poor. from um, an afternoon out walking around the city and having a nice time with my girlfriend um, to uh, specifically to, to start watching that match and wished I hadn't done. I ended up just reading stuff well, online but, but <laughs> in the meantime. I may have played with the... Mix between the the players that have got the win against Sport Boys in Copa Libertadores and mm. another players that have been haven't been playing usually. It was a decidedly mixed side, yeah. I came yeah. Gonzalez or Juan Garro, but sort of Marcelo Benitez in midfield rather than in defence, and Maxi Correa and, and so on. It was a very yeah. Nice. And and then San Martín San Juan that I think that they were like comfortable with the with the point, with the draw, they have been already saying that uh, when they got another another results, similar results, playing uh, away condition, that they were good with the point, with the result. If they then, if then they, if if they win the following match, as a, when they home, because yeah. of course they to get draws and draws, not winning. If you're if you draw when they are, you are away and, and win when you're, when you're home it's okay but then if you get consecutive draws it's not of course the no deal but indeed um, and in fact in this case they, they've got an even bigger chance to sort of make it a, a justifiable draw really quickly not only because their next match is at home against Quilmes and therefore as you say if they win the next match they're happy because they've got a draw away and a win at home but also the next match after that is, is the rematch of the Clásico um, they, they've got Godoy Cruz at home <laughs> in a week and a half's time, just two weeks after playing them away. Um, so they really can sort of, you know, they, it, it's, it's as if they're doubling up on that philosophy. Um, they have had an astonishing number of nil-nil draws recently. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So if their last seven games, five have ended goalless. Um, those have been away to Independiente, away to Union, at home to. Sorry, away to Olimpo, away to Independiente, away to Olimpo, at home to Union, away to Lanús, and now away to Godoy Cruz. Um, and in between, there has been a 2-1 defeat at home to Boca Juniors and a 2-1 win at home to Belgrano. So we'll see whether they can snap out of that pattern of, of symmetry and, and rather boringness. Now that they are almost, or, or if they are not, they are almost qualified to the... Uh, Knockout stage in the Copa Libertadores since they lo- they won against Sport Boys. That's got like Cruz though. Yes, this is San Martín. I was just ah sorry. We were looking at this now, um, but yeah, sorry, Godoy yes. Cruz. You're quite right. Are playing? Is it tomorrow night? Because they're not playing tonight. Are they? Well, I, I thought they were, yes, but they tomorrow. must be tomorrow. Um, 
we'll talk about the Libertadores after the break. Actually, that'll probably be easier because it'll give me time to get the um, the relevant web web pages up. Uh, but where are San Martin? I just want to have a look at San Martin. Yeah, I thought so. They've got more draws than anybody else in the league. Uh, four wins, ten draws, and eight defeats. Nobody else is into double figures for draws yet. Um, and they've also got uh, yeah, they're sort of very close to the average all round, really. Or to, or to the midpoint, I would guess. So to the that be a median? Yes, I think median's the that the, is the the real deportivo empate, the draw FC or the club yeah. atletico draw. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they are the uh, the anti. Who's got fewer draws than anybody? The anti Banfield Racing or Colon, all of whom have only got three draws. Um, on that note, we're going to if I can just see. Yeah, okay. Super, we have recorded for about 44 minutes, so I'm going to call a very early half-time whistle. Um, okay. Actually, no, let, let's let's give it another minute, because I asked uh, recently, do you remember the um, the game at Tigre a few weeks ago that uh, the, the lights went out with, like, 10 seconds to go at the first half? Oh, no. <laughs> so it was 44... Uh, Tigre against San Lorenzo. Can't remember which round that was, but let's have a very quick look. Um, Tigre. Played San Lorenzo... Uh, where is it? It was pissing down with rain as well. They played in the 18th round of matches. Um, it was again the end of 4-3. So just before half-time of that game, 44 minutes and 50 seconds in, the fourth official had already held up a board to say one minute of, um, of stoppage time. And then the lights went out. And the referee made everybody wait out in the rain for 15 minutes before the lights came back on and then played the last 70 seconds of the half. And then took everybody in for 15 minutes for half time and then made them come back out again. Um, and I, I stuck this up on a, a forum that I post on and there were a couple of, of qualified referees there and I said, sort of, you know, what would you have done in this situation? And the result that I got back, apparently what he should have done was just say to everybody, right, assuming that both captains are okay with this, I'll call half time early and we'll just add that extra 70 seconds onto the end of the, of the game because it's silly to just stand around there while they get the lights back on. Um, but there we go. That's a nice little bit of, uh, of trivia because I, I think we must have mentioned it at the time in about Hand of Pot. I didn't remember that. I, 251 or something like that, given it was a few weeks ago. But um, yeah, there we go. So now we have recorded for 50, 45 minutes, yes. almost exactly. So I will say uh, half time and I'm going to yeah, We'll come back for 15 seconds and then. Uh, yeah. to make another half time and then <laughs> indeed yeah we'll come back for 15 seconds and then we'll have uh, uh, some mystical predictions um, so settle yourselves for a very very uh, short uh, second half of the podcast the 16th and 20th of May 2017 so that's in a couple of weeks time um, the London Festival of Football Writing is going to be happening in London that's the capital of the United Kingdom Um, so if you're in or near London or to revisit a football cliche that I used just a few minutes ago in or around London um, and you'd be interested to go it might interest you 
um, to know that, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Jonathan Wilson and Ed Malian, both of whom have been on Hand of Pod a couple of times, well, at least a couple of times before, um, will be having, as part of that event, a discussion, English, not in Spanish. In Spanish, discusión means argument, but in English it means Talking. friendly chat. Um, where they'll be talking about uh, Jonathan's uh, recent book, Angels with Dirty Faces, The Footballing History of Argentina. If you think that's something that you'd like to go to, then you can do. Uh, you can buy tickets on londonfestivaloffootballwriting.org and if you use the discount code HANDOFPOD, all one word, all in lower case, you will get 10% off your tickets. So It's a win-win opportunity. It is. It is indeed. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that I'm not going to be there to go myself. If they were holding it two months later, I would have been able to. Um, the but same to mind. me. If, if any Hand of Pod listeners in or around London want to buy me a couple of pints of cider when I'm there or something, then you know, get in touch as well. I'll, I'll have a Hand of Pod signing session or something where I just go along and allow people to get me pissed. Um, but yeah, it's going to be uh, in association, by the way, with Waterstones Tottenham Court Road. So I'm assuming um, from this email that's been sent out to me um, that that's where it's taking place. Although I don't know. Do check the website for, for full details. Um, thank you very much for listening. And, and please consider this a, a minor uh, reward for your, your faith in our podcasting abilities if you live uh, within reaching distance of London and also thank you very much to Kieran from the London Festival of Football Writing for uh, contacting me about that um, and indeed setting it up for us um, okay two things I'm going to mention the first one before we forget which is that while we've been talking or rather just before we started talking really but while we've been talking a few more details have come out uh, the plan for the upcoming Primera División Championship, not the current one, but the next one, has changed quite dramatically. Uh, you remember how last week and the week before we were saying it's going to be a, a transitional championship? It's not happening anymore. It's going to be a 2017-2018 championship because the television deal that's just been signed states that there have to be 10 months of competition. So it's going to run July, I think it's, uh, sorry, August, I think it's going to be through to June. Um, with They don't specify how many weeks in each month there have to be competitive football in so there's going to be one round of matches in the very last weekend of January apparently Um, it's going to consist obviously of 28 teams because there are four teams going down and only two coming up at the end of this season and the same thing is going to happen at the end of next season four down two up so the most likely situation from what I've seen on Twitter the uh, speculation is that this transitional championship which is going to be necessary at some point because Conmebol wants all of the associations to have a, a calendar lined up with the new Libertadores is going to happen after the World Cup um, in the second half of next year. So we're a little little bit further away still from having um, the more sensible calendar and the more sensibly sized Primera than we thought we were going to have. Um, Next season looks like it's going to be a very, very similar um, setup to this season in terms of the fixtures. So everybody's going to play everybody else once, plus their classical rivals once more so home and away for the classical rivals home or away for everyone else meaning that there'll be 28 rounds of, of total games but among the, 28 clubs so there will be the same things for example Code Cruz has played against San Martín and San Juan uh, the, the last round and they will play each other again two, in, two, in two rounds so it's a, a classical uh, divided by 
separated by three three rounds, one to the other one. So it's someone's going to have that, yeah, yeah. presumably. Yeah. Um, indeed, someone, what, what someone's going to have one of those where it's one week, you know, where they where they play the same team back to back. Well, we'll probably have also the the uh, next season. I don't remember. I don't know how how many teams that will be next from next from 2018-2019 season, but. Uh, if they do four down 20, two up every 26. season, then for let's see for twenty for the twenty eighteen um, uh, transitional championship, we'd be left with twenty six, and then for the twenty nineteen February to December or, championship, there'd be twenty four in theory. But with twenty eight, they might decide to relegate. But more. with twenty eighteen, which means fourteen matches, which is also a huge, uh, big, big amount of, of matches, I, I it will be a possibility to have. Uh, m matches in the morning since yeah. Fox Turner does they don't want to have uh, two or three matches at the same time because of course it means losing uh, users of the pay pay per view or, or whatever uh, yeah cable uh, well streaming which, which I suspect is is why Fox have said that they want at least one round of matches even if it is only one round of matches in January, for instance, because a lot of people have got, you know, the the cable and subscription will start on the first of the month and therefore... $20 to paid and not month. watching any matches. Yes. Precisely. Uh, so they're happy with it, whichever way it works. Um, anyway, I wanted to mention that before we uh, move on with things. Andres also wanted um, to mention uh, some sort of, well, news or news from, yes, extra, from extra. European... Clubs, which extra stuff, which may is or may not affect the Argentine national team. Perhaps yes, it's like a column of extra stuff because mm. it's uh, something that is important not just now, but could be important in the following weeks or months. Which is that, uh, uh, well, the, we we all know, or perhaps the listeners know that uh, Sapoli will be the uh, for sure the coach of the national team. Allegedly. For sure, well, yes. Since, since we last recorded, uh, Defensa Justicia manager Sebastián Becasese, who was San Paoli's assistant coach, of course, at Chile, and also at Universidad de Chile and whoever it was he managed in Peru before that. Um, oh, he managed Sport Boys in Peru, didn't he, as well? And then somebody else, and then somebody else, and then Universidad de Chile. Uh, but anyway, he has said that he has been contacted. Oh, that's a fantastic goal. Uh, Hernán Barcos, I think it was, has just scored a cracker for Deport Deportes Iquique against Gremio, so no, it's not Hernan Barcos, because he plays for Gremio, it's somebody with a very similar hairstyle. Um, anyway, that's completely irrelevant to Argentine football, but it was a very nice free kick. Um, Becasese has said that he has been approached by Sampaoli to form part of the staff of the new Argentine national team. He's not made his decision yet. But sorry, yeah, carry on, Andres, so we're fairly sure. It's well, in, in the match that Sevilla played, uh, last match they played against Malaga, they lost it 4-2, and... Uh, Nicolás Pareja, the, one of the centre-backs of that team, of the Sevilla team, had a tremendous, a, a, a very bad match, a, a, with some balls he lost and ended in a goal, or a penalty he committed. Uh, and it was said that if Sampaoli is the finally the coach of national team, Pareja will be taken into account, or we will, will be called up for at least two, be part of the team. No, I don't think Sampaoli, if he's intelligent, uh, will remove uh, any any of the well, either Otamendi or or Funes Mori. But uh, that he will be taken into account, and he had a very very awful match, and he has he cursed that very bad match he had. Uh, also, Sampaoli went out of the match with uh, 
insulting the the linesman or the referee. Mm -hmm. the same words that Messi said when he was uh, well he, when he played against Chile for national team. Oh yeah. But there was no no decision there. And another another thing I was I as I, I went wanted to say was that finally Barco that the one that we mentioned last week mm -hmm. uh, the under 20 pos possible national national team possible player yeah, with 18 yeah uh, that he scored the penalty against the uh, estudiantes last match finally won't be in the world cup in korea since ubeda was like tired of all the all these uh, di discussions which in this case are arguments not discussions like in english yes. yeah, yeah. Um, from independiente where Moshano is the president and also the vice president of AFA, and he will decide whether he will give it to the give him to the national team or not. And well, Claudio Ubeda, with all the delays and the well, we will see. And Barco uh, was absent from the last two trainings with the with the team. Decided not to include him into the staff into the squad to go to Korea. And before that, I think they were they was will go to to Armenia to play uh, like uh, some friendlies to prepare to the World Cup and well, Barco finally, which is a, a very, very sensitive loss for the for the team because he's good for even for for a youth uh, team, for youth national team. Mm. He would have been a very good piece. I don't know whether he will be included into the starting lineups, but he will have been a good value. Well, he won't be there and we have already mentioned him last episode that it was a there had been a polemic. Yeah. Well, finally, there is no more polemic because Parco won't be in the in the World Cup. Thanks for following up on that. Um, we mentioned last week the situation that Argentine sides were in in the Libertadores, and since then it started to become, in just a couple of cases, slightly clearer um, because there were matches, of course, last night as well as those two um, final Primera matches of the round. Um, there were also a couple of Libertadores games, one of which was a very hefty defeat indeed for Juan Sebastián Merón's Estudiantes de la Plata. They uh, beat Atletico Nacional last week, or 19th of April, that was, uh, pardon me, that was two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yes, it was, it was two weeks ago. Um, but last night, they had the reverse fixture, they went to Medellín and they got thrashed 4-1. Uh, the second half, in particular, got kind of vicious. Not in the sense of being violent, but in the sense of um, Atletico Nacional almost toying with their opponents. Um, so the champions of the Copa Libertadores are back on track. It's their first win, indeed. It's their first result that's not a defeat of this campaign. Um, and to throw the cat among the pigeons big time, shortly afterwards, Barcelona de Guayaquil, Guayaquil, sorry, in Ecuador, got a 2-0 win away to Botafogo, which means that in Group 1 now... Estudiantes are hanging on by the skin of their teeth, as are Atletico Nacional. Both of those teams have only got three points. Um, Botafogo have seven, and Barcelona topped the group with ten. Uh, that's with four games played, so there are two matches left um, to go. And those matches for Estudiantes are um, away to Barcelona in Guayaquil in a couple of weeks' time, and then at home to Botafogo a week after that. Um, so... It looks to me as if Estudiantes and Atletico Nacional are playing for third place, which would be a place in the Copa Sudamericana. Um, but 
we'll see. It's still tight enough for either of them to qualify, but Estudiantes, from this situation, for them to get an away win over Barcelona, would be a huge result for them. Um, but perhaps Barcelona, of course, we, we don't know, but perhaps Barcelona, uh, having in their qualify almost in their pockets, to have a perhaps a, put a, a team with no perhaps uh, the the normal uh, main players or the players that usually starts the the matches yeah. that will help perhaps students but well we don't know Barcelona of course are assured of at least third place even if they lose both of their remaining games um, and Estudiantes and Atletico Nacional both win uh, theirs. Um, neither Estudiantes nor Atletico Nacional can even pull level with Barcelona which means that Barcelona are going to play oh no that means that Barcelona are qualified sorry of course doesn't it it means that they're, they're insured of at least second place um, so well done Barcelona de Ecuador if you're listening uh, the other match that was played last night I'm desperately trying to remember as I'm clicking through the groups was which one was it oh it was Atletico Tucumán against Peñarol Atletico Tucumán got a 2-1 victory which means that now in group 5 uh, Jorge Wilstermann and Palmeiras play later this evening they play in oh, just about an hour's time in fact uh, from when we're recording now but in group 5 at the moment Atletico Tucumán are second with 7 points from 5 games uh, Peñarol are out of the Copa Libertadores they can still qualify for the Sudamericana uh, but they're out of the Libertadores because with 5 games played they're four points behind Atletico Tucumán and therefore can't finish in second. Palmeiras still top the group on ten and Wilstermann have seven. Those two teams play mm. so one another. So Atletico must pray for uh, Wilstermann not of, for Palmeiras to get a win over at least to, to, to Wilstermann yeah. to get a draw in them. Exactly, yeah. So uh, yes. Wilstermann and Palmeiras play shortly after we finish recording um, in Jorge Wilstermann uh, that's a joke it's not really a place they play in Cochabamba which is where Jorge Wilstermann are from um, and if Wilstermann win that game they will leapfrog Atletico Tucumán into second but if Palmeiras win it um, then I think oh no it wouldn't be enough would it because they'll still only be a point out of Wilstermann so they won't need a draw they'll, they'll still need a win for it to be in their own hands but against an already top of the group whatever happens Palmeiras on the last day away in San Paulo um, to that end, as well as giving you the San Lorenzo score um, after the full-time whistle on hand the pot tonight, I will also tell you what happens between Jorge Wilstermann and Palmeiras. Um, Godoy Cruz against Libertad do indeed play tomorrow in Mendoza. Uh, in that round, obviously not much has changed since last... Oh no, hang on, something's going to have changed because uh, Sport Boys and Atletico Mineiro are playing right now. Um, but in that one, just to recap, Godoy Cruz the top of the group and a draw against Libertad, I think, is going to be enough, isn't it? So there's six clear. Yeah, they just need a draw against Libertad to qualify for certain to the knockout stage. Um, and River and Lanús are the other two Argentine sides in the Copa Libertadores this year. Neither of them play this week, do they? Lanús are playing in two weeks' time against Chapecoense. And River are in... Is it Group 3? Yeah. Uh, River play at home to Emelec, their fourth game um, of the uh, of the campaign, as we already mentioned. In fact, yeah, at 9 o'clock next Wednesday night at home. Um, so that's the Libertadores roundup. We will now move straight on to some listeners' questions. Darren Paul is first up. He says... 
who would be more fun to go up to the Primera? Would it be Guillermo Brown, Ferro or Nueva Chicago? It's got to be Ferro for me. I love their style of play, says Darren. Andres? Well, there has been a, a, some answers there, like English Dan said Yeah, that I'm not sure. English Chi- Dan says uh, that uh, Nueva Chicago. Yes, because of they had a... Gomito Gomez. Yes, a... Gomez that has, I think, 14 years old, is or same like Verón, something like that. And, well, it uh, would be funny to, to watch him play along with Iñazú, who has 39. And I don't think so, but if Verón... But Verón, Verón's not going to play in the Primera. Of course, I, I say I know, but perhaps if Estudiantes uh, gets eliminated from, from the Copa Libertadores, he says, well, I, have ma- I want to have a revenge in the, in the league. And that would... That would be funny to have uh, uh, Gomez with. He's 42. 42, yes, same as <laughs> so He's, he's actually a year and a half older than Guignasu, and Veron's uh, 41. Yeah, he's about eight months older than yes. Sebastian Veron. Uh, and, and he's never re- retired at any point. Uh, so, in it's terms of fun, yes, that will be. At least we'll have two players because if Guignasu continues or stays at, at Tacheres and uh, Gomez is in Primera because Chicago. Uh, promoted to, to, to the first division well that will be yes really really funny indeed and this is by the way the same Cristian Gomez who, who played in MLS for um, 2004 to 2000 for six or seven years so if you're a DC United um, uh, fan wondering whether we're talking about your former playmaker but scarcely able to believe that we could be yes we are uh, he is still playing um, I, I'd, I'd like to see Ferro come up Yes, could be. Guillermo Brown as well, but you know, Nueva Chicago have been in the Primera relatively recently, and I don't. I would like it if, if we're going to have this from River, ridiculously oversized Primera. From I, a River I'd supporter, like to see Ferro as a Primera side because they're a be legendary. Ferro, Ferro or Chicago, because if Guillermo Brown uh, promotes, go to the first division. Uh, of course, this said from <coughs> a River supporter point of view. Mm-hmm. The Boca Boca supporters will mock about that as it will be the like the another edition of the match that they played in National B, uh, and I, that will be funny for at least the River Plate supporters. Indeed, yeah, Ferro or Chicago will be there. It is worth uh, just clarifying, however, that only two teams are coming up, and Argentinos Juniors are now running away with the B Nacional. They've got fifty six points, and in second, currently joint second. Ah, Guillermo Brown and Nueva Chicago with 49 each, although Brown have a game in hand. They've only played 28 to Argentinos and Chicago's 29. Um, next after that, Chacarita Juniors have 48 points from 28 games. And Ferro are down in fifth with 44 points. So although I personally I'd like to see Ferro come up, um, it's looking very much like it won't be Ferro. Uh, there are... 46 how do they get 46 rounds out of 23 teams should be 44 surely I'm very confused Mm. anyway uh, there are still quite a lot of matches to go though so we shall see what happens Um, but yes it's probably going to be Guillermo Brown on the way to Chicago looking at the table as it is right now Um, but I hope it's federal uh, Chris Hartley says, can I predict the games for this round? The answer to which is yes. So he's tweeted them in and I'll be reading them out very shortly. 
for some reason, Twitter is offering me the opportunity to translate one of his sets of predictions from Dutch. Who knows what Twitter's thinking at times like this. Uh, And we've got... uh, Oh, that's it. Those are all the questions. You've really spoiled us this week, listeners. Um, So now we have to think of something else to say for a while. No, we don't. We'll just go straight into um, to Mystic Chris's predictions now. Um, Chris's, which is not Chris's, it's uh, Chris, the predictions that Chris has sent us. Yes, indeed. Chris's rather than crisis. Um, absolutely. Um, we will go into those now. And don't forget one more last reminder, so as not to do it right at the very end of the podcast, in case anybody's trying to cheat by skipping to the end, that you can get a 10% off tickets for the London Football Writing Festival at, uh, let me just double check that address again, at London LondonFestivalOfFootballWriting.org, O-R-G, um, just by plugging in the discount code HANDOFFPOD when you go to buy your tickets. Um, so, here are, after this piece of music, Mystic Chris Hartley's predictions. Here we go. Mystic Chris is going this weekend for San Martin versus Quilmes. He's going for a draw. Tacheres versus Tigre. He says home win. So win for Tacheres. Patronato versus Lanús is a Lanús victory. Racing and Gimnasia to draw. Atletico de Rafaela and Union to draw. Estudiantes to beat Boca Juniors in La Plata. River to beat Tempele in Belgrano. Aldo Civi to get a home win over Huracan in Mar del Plata. Olimpo to get an away win over Arsenal in Sarandí. Defensa Justicia and Godoy Cruz to play out a stalemate. San Lorenzo to get a home win over Rosario Central. Colón de Santa Fe to beat Atletico Tucumán at home. Newell's Old Boys to get a home win over Independiente. That should be an interesting match. I didn't realise that was this weekend. Um, Banfield and Sarmiento to draw. And Venice Sarsfield to get a home victory over Belgrano. That last one. I can see why they put it on a Monday night. That's going to be an absolutely terrible game. <laughs> Venice against Belgrano. No, thank you. Um, well, perhaps Venice put some attractive there. Not Belgrano, of course. Oh, yeah. Venice tried to play attractively but they're not very good <laughs> that's, the, that's my principal problem with them they're awful um, any thoughts from those Andres? well perhaps Estudiantes sadly for me won't beat Boca uh, and uh, the other match was Sarmiento won I don't remember uh, Sarmiento against where are they away to Banfield and Chris uh, is going for a draw I think Banfield will defeat Sarmiento how did you do last weekend? That's what I was asking you. Yeah, you did, didn't you? But it wasn't very good. Up. Let, me, let me just double check. Okay. So, since you're here, and we can mock you for it. Uh, I'm not going to mock you, really, because... Yeah, it's the 5 of 6, not, not a great... I did exceptionally badly most weeks when I was doing this every week. Um, Andres, last week, went for Tacheres to beat Quilmes, which didn't happen. Independiente and Estudiantes to draw, you got that one. Newells to beat Huracan, you were right with that one. Gimnasia to draw with San Lorenzo, that was a San Lorenzo win. Colón to beat San Miento, 
was very correct indeed. They won 4-0. Tigre to draw with Banfield was wrong. Banfield won that. Racing to beat Tempele. Of course, Racing lost. Union to beat Patronato was wrong. Godoy Cruz to beat San Martin. That finished the draw as well. Central did beat Aldo Sibi. Boca did beat Arsenal de Sarandí. Olimpo did not draw with Atletico de Rafaela. They lost. Defensa Justicia uh, did beat Belgrano away. And Lanús versus Vélez did not finish in a draw. So that was six, six out, of out of 14. That's respectable. Oh, okay. That's, that's one below 50%. And 50% is, is always, um, in this league, is always par for the course I used to find when I was predicting them every week. So well done. Well, thank you. Bear in mind that the last time I did this, a few weeks ago, I got two out of 15. So, oh. you know. It's, it, it's a low bar that you have to clear for respectability on this show. Um, good luck to Chris, anyway, for, for this week's predictions. Um, if you've just skipped to the end in the hope of finding um, that uh, secret code to get your 10% off the London Festival of Football writing, I'm afraid that you're going to have to go back and listen to the whole podcast to find out where it is. Ha 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 ha. Um, aren't we all evil? Um, or aren't I evil? Well, for they, not just giving it to you now. That's perfect, too to listen to the Hundred Pod, then to go to the London Writing Festival to buy the Shandon Wilson book. That and would be perfect. Yes. And, and, and to listen to Jonathan and Ed's conversation. And for all I know, they might even be open to, to questions from the audience. I've no idea. Yes. I, no one's told me that. I'm not being funny. I genuinely don't know, but I imagine it's the kind of thing that they might do. Um, and yeah, I, I sort of, like I said, I do wish I was there. I'd like to think that if I had been in London for it, they might have invited me to be up on that stage with them and grill Jonathan about it. But uh, I, I doubt it, to be honest. Anyway, um, for now, enjoy the football this weekend. If you're going to be watching it, don't if you're not. Um, and thank you very much for listening again. If you keep listening after the theme music that's about to come up, I will give you the scores from San Lorenzo's match later and also from... Um, Jorge Winsterman versus Palmeiras, as I already mentioned, which is going to material, materially affect Godoy Cruz's group. Um, no, Atletico Tucumán group. Oh, you're right. Yeah, sorry. Atletico Tucumán's group. Uh, there's another game in Godoy Cruz's group, though, which is on right now, which is... Sport Boys must be... Sport and... Boys Wadamnes against yeah. Atletico Mineiro, which is currently... That English man must be, be, be watching it because of his street, which is the same as... Which is one in this, yeah. I suspect Atletico Mineiro are going to win that one because they're 4 1 up with uh, 22 minutes left. Um, But I will give you the full time score from that one as well after this theme music. For now, it's thank you very much for listening and good night from Andres. Good night, thank you. And from me, good night and thank you. Some results to fill you in on this evening. Uh, In the Copa Argentina, I can't remember whether we mentioned the full-time score while we were recording or not. Um, Banfield got a 1-0 win over Chaco forever. Um, In Formosa, also in the Copa Argentina, Huracan and Defensores Unidos drew 2-2 and Huracan then won the shootout 3-1. And in the Copa Libertadores, San Lorenzo got a 3-0 win away to Atletico Paranaense. Um... A little bit later in the same group, Flamengo beat Universidad Católica uh, 3-1. I think that one finished. Which means that at the moment, that group, which is group 4 in the Libertadores, has... It's still quite tight. It's not quite as tight as it it was before. Um, 
Flamengo top on nine points. San Lorenzo second on seven points with minus one goal difference. Atletico Paranaense third on seven points with minus two goal difference. And Universidad Católica um, are last with five points. So all still to play for. The remaining fixtures are San Lorenzo versus Flamengo in Buenos Aires and Atletico Paranaense against Universidad Católica. I'm not sure where that is. And uh, the other game involving, sort of involving, affecting at least an Argentine side, um, were it was in Cochabamba, as we said earlier, where Jorge Wilstermann, in spite of conceding a magnificent own goal, still managed to beat Palmeiras 3-2, which means that they leapfrog Atletico Tucumán into second place. Group 5, with only one game to play all round now, is Palmeiras on 10 points, Wilstermann on 9, Atletico Tucumán on 7. Um, Peñarol, as we mentioned earlier, out of it on three.